Welcome to Political as Heck, a podcast where we discuss Utah politics and policy. I'm Corey Astle, joined as usual by Utah State Senator Todd Weiler. Hey, Todd. Good, good evening. Good evening. All right, and joining us tonight, we're so excited to talk uh, about week, week six of the legislative session with Representative Kara Berkland. Welcome, Kara. Hey, thank you. And Representative Galen Benyon. Welcome, Galen. Hi. So, so happy to have you here. Thanks so much for coming. So we're going to probably take up a couple of issues and we want to hear what constituents are calling you about and uh, bills you're running. But to get us started, I wonder if you could share a little bit about yourself. Uh, what district do you represent? Uh, what do you, what's your day job? That sort of thing. Representative Berkland, can I start with you? Yeah, you bet. So I represent District 53 currently, which serves um, Morgan County, Rich County, Daggett County, and parts of Duchesne and Summit County. Um, my day job, I have what I own a food truck. Um, so I do that on the side. And I also am the business manager at a law firm. Cool. Representative Benyon. I, I represent District 46, which is Cottonwood Heights and parts of Midvale, Murray, and Holiday, also Alta and Brighton. And really, I'm a full-time legislator. I don't have, other than being a grandma and a mom, this is what I enjoy doing. And I'm sure it keeps you busy enough and probably more busy than you want to be. So yeah. <laughs> very good. All right. Well, let's, let's start some, with an issue that I, I think is probably getting the most coverage right now. And Representative Berkland, you know a lot about this. I want to give you the chance to, to talk about your bill that passed the House and now a new Senate committee. Um, covering transgender participation in school sports. Can you tell us about the bill and where you are in terms of maybe negotiating a compromise that we've heard about or just give us a sense for where it's at? Yeah, so it, after it passed the Senate committee, there was um, some concerns that were raised by some of the senators. Um, just they didn't like a couple parts of it. So we're trying to look at how we can address a few things. Really, the, the, the integrity of the bill will be what it is. It's a commission that will look at whether or not a, a transgender youth's participation would be um, unsafe for them or their, or, their, or their other athletes. And it will consider whether that gives the transgender youth an athletic advantage. Um, so there's there, it's a hard bill because there's so many nuances to it to make it so it's legally sound, but also inclusive, but also preserves the integrity of women's sports. And so we are still working on what some of those changes may look like. And I know Senator Weiler had, you know, a couple thoughts of things that he'd like to see changed in the bill. So we're just trying to see how we can do it and still keep some public support for it and legislative support for it. So it's it's something that, you know, I think we're wise to, to look into, but I don't know that um, I'm wise to take it on because it is such a complicated <laughs> with so many emotions on so many, I mean, people that love the bill, you know, on one hand and then hate the bill on the other hand and, and people who just flat out hate the bill and you have the far, you know, the people on the right that hate it and people on the left that hate it. And everyone seems to think that it's going to do the opposite of what the other person thinks it's going to do until they hate it. And yeah, it's a little tricky. Yeah. And I, I want to compliment you, Representative Berkland. I know you've worked, I mean, I know uh, this bill has come a long way from last session and this is a, a really tough issue. And you may or may not know, I took on the transgender birth certificate issue about four years ago. And I end up landing in the same spot that you're in right now, because if you give one side everything they want, then, then you're their hero. If you give the other side every, everything they want, but if you try to 
compromise in the middle, you end up in a position where no one likes you. And that's where I ended up. And I, I, I think that might be, I mean, neither side likes you is what I should say. Everybody likes you, but neither side likes the bill. Um, and so I, I, I think it's interesting. I think last year we had one uh, transgender female trying to compete in uh, high school sports in Utah. And this year, in just one month, uh, in just one year, I think we have 11 is what I've heard. Wow. And so um, I, I do. And of course, we've all heard about this collegiate swimmer who's getting a lot of attention. And, and I really think is, is, is not doing the transgender sports community any favors. But, um, but in any event, I represent Berkeley has worked very hard. I, my, my biggest concern is uh, I don't want to be featured on ESPN saying that we're, um, you know, that we're mistreating um, minors and their bodies and things like that. And so I just, I, I've told Representative Berkeley some concerns I had about the bill. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see the amended bill. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. My guess is the, if I had to guess today, I think the Senate will probably pass an amended version of the bill and then it'll go back to the house for more fun in the house. So, um, but you know, this, this is a tough issue and, um, and you know, you, these, these LGBT issues and especially the trans uh, gender issues, I think are some of the very toughest ones that we deal with at the legislature. So, so representative Berkland, am I right to say that you played sports in high school and so forth, or what brings I you to this issue? Well, I played sports in high school and I, I do like sports, but for me, this is really a, I got involved because I had honestly a, a mother of a transgender athlete who said, Hey, what we have right now is not working. I want my daughter to be accepted. And right now we have to keep her identity, her true identity hidden. Um, and I want to get to the point where in our society, that's not the case. And then I had mm. on the other side, a lot of parents because there were a few girls last year um, participating that were transgender and parents were like, Hey, I'm not okay with this. This has put our daughter in some uncomfortable situations. We've got to figure out another solution. Unfortunately, people typically are like, let's do, let's do three leagues, but we, we can't right now. Legally, we could not offer a boys league, a girls league and a transgender league. Title line may have some allowances for that, but only once there's enough participators to actually um, allow them a team to, play on and so and we're not there and so we're kind of in this how do we, how do we work with all the all the people um in the meantime and so that's honestly what brought me to it is i really don't really run any bills unless someone comes to me and says hey mm. this is there can you help yeah. me yeah that's really helpful representative benyon i want to give you the chance to weigh in um i also think that representative Berkland has come a long way from the bill last year um i am concerned that we are there for our education system. I just read a really impactful letter from a first grade teacher who is feeling like they are so burned out. I, 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 we need to keep our focus on basic education. Our classrooms are too large for the, for her, for our primary grades, like first grade to focus on the support for kids. I think that it's crucial that we keep our focus on that too. Well, let me keep it with you. What are you hearing from constituents in week this past week? What, what are you hearing most? I am hearing people that are very concerned that we had the all-day kindergarten bill pass in the House. Um, I believe it passed. I don't know if it's passed in the Senate, but the funding has not passed. And there's extreme frustration with that because 
As we know, we have a shortage of childcare and this would help so many working families where it's offered, I think 96% of families choose to have all day kindergarten. And that this, that uh, representative Waldrip and before him, Representative Snow have worked so hard on this issue and have broad support, but we did not fund it. I hope that can be changed because this could impact, it helps children in their learning. It helps financially the families that they don't have to pay for childcare when so many families are both working. So I'm also hearing from people in our corrections that we need to restore 35 million that the EOCJ recommended for corrections and that they're having a loss of staff. So I think it's um, concerning that we pass any cuts to taxes when we are not funding these programs that are so essential. And I think it's worth mentioning the EOCJ is one of our sub appropriations committee that makes recommendations to the, uh, the overarching executive appropriations committee. So, yeah, I think that that um, all day uh, preschool bill that has not passed the Senate yet in the initial budget list that I saw on Friday, I think it was funded at six, six million, which was maybe half of what they needed. Is that, is that what your understanding is? I think so. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and the, uh, another big issue, Corey, um, the the voucher bill, the so-called Hope Scholarship. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen with that. I I don't know that it'll pass the Senate, but um, it's been circled in the House for a week. But even if it passes the House and the Senate, the governor has said he's going to veto it. So whatever happens with that, I don't expect that's going to go into law. The other really big issue, I think, in the Senate this week is the um, House Bill 60, which is the vaccine. Uh, the the uh, banning vaccine passports or, uh, uh, you know, disallowing businesses from requiring their customers or employees to show proof of vaccination. That passed the House, I think, by only three or four votes. Um, and uh, I'm not sure what's going to happen in the Senate. Um, I think if I, and I'm not sure what's going to happen with the governor on a veto on that either. So that's that's one to watch this week. What's your take on that issue then, Todd? Um, I think that'll likely get amended in the Senate and then go back to the House and who knows uh, what will happen in the House on that. And I think my guess, and I have not talked to the governor or his staff, my guess is if it goes, if the version that passed the House goes to the governor, my guess is he would veto that. But mm. I, I can't say with that. That's just a guess. Mm. All right, Representative Berkland, uh, what are you hearing from constituents right now? Other than I assume transgender sports, but outside of that. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. So um, I'm hearing a lot about the, the all day kindergarten, but but I think for a little bit different reasons. Um, my district, the co you know parts that I cover, they either already offer all day kindergarten or they don't offer it. And because there's not a lot of interest, a lot of teachers I've talked to, you know, the kindergarten teachers, for the most part, are supportive of it and think it can be a great program. Um, but they have a lot of reservations as far as district wide of saying, look, if we're going to fund the WPU for this amount over the next three years, why don't we go ahead and just fund it and allow us to provide the resources that we need in our districts? You know, for some of them, they really need more uh, resources when it comes to special education to be able to increase the pay for some of those special education teachers, or they, they don't have the space necessarily to do all day kindergarten, but they could definitely use that funding for um, some advanced classes to help pay and offset things that are really a big need in their district. And, and I get that every district is so different, which is why the general consensus I'm getting is all day kindergarten is great for the districts that want it. It should continue to be optional. And if we're gonna fund something, let's just 
put the money in the WPU so that the districts can use it for what they need. Um, and and I, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of the thoughts on the, um, I'll just say the Executive Appropriations Committee, it's what we call it the EAC, with regards to their cuts to the base budget that we put out on EOCJ. I, I'm the Vice Chair of the Executive Offices and Criminal Justice Appropriations Committee. We did think that it was really important to provide that funding resource to corrections. We're having a lot of problems in corrections. If anyone hasn't read the audit report in December of 2021, there's a lot of issues. And a lot of it is because we can't get people who are skilled, um, yeah. you know, to stay in that industry and stay in that field. So they're trying to now recruit whomever they can get. And we want to support our law enforcement officers and keep them there and retain them and not just have to pull in people that really shouldn't be there um, or don't have a passion of serving in the prison system. It's a hard, hard job. And we should be funding them to, to help retain them and to help, in, you know, invest in new recruits. Um, so that's something that we're trying to get to the bottom of and see what we can do there. The governor did not, um, I think 17 million was what was recommended from the governor's budget. We recommended 35 million. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully we can work that through. Other issues, um, you know, are just like just the taxes, any kind of voter bills, you know, the people are either very much pro like secure my vote, get rid of mail-in ballots or keep mail-in ballots, <laughs> you know, always hearing two sides of the story on, on those tough issues as well. It's worth noting that Representative Lyman's uh, bill to try to stop um, uh, mail ballots, that did not get out of committee. I think it died on a seven to three vote, which was not a surprise to me. Um, so I, I think mail-in voting is, or vote by mail is here to stay at least for another two years. Yeah, and it seemed like he had a bad week because they also the privacy bill. I don't know if you want to, that wasn't a, a Senate vote, but Representative Benyon or Representative Berkland, do you have any thoughts on the on the privacy vote? Very interesting um, discussion on the floor. If you, if you want to go back and listen to it, it talked a lot about privacy and about, you know, our constitutional rights, fundamental rights of, of privacy and you know, the right to pursue happiness. And, and, you know, he spoke a lot of what California does, which some people kind of joked, you know, like, oh, do, do we really want to do this? Because California did it, but they had been doing it for so long. I, it's really a matter of do you want government to to do you want safety or privacy and which one and how do we how do we accomplish this and so there was a really good discussion about it i ultimately chose to vote in favor of it um, because i think it's always good to put you know things like that through the whole legislative process but it it did not get voted for on the house floor um, by the majority and so you know I, I think anyone who would like to go back and kind of read the context of that bill you know should do so and then listen to the floor debate representative nelson gave some great thoughts as well as representative brammer um, and, and it's that's one of my favorite things about being in the legislature is listening to so many different educated opinions on these, you know, more complicated uh, bills, especially when it comes to the Constitution and our rights to privacy and those types of things. Uh, Representative Benyon, I'm going to kick it to you. What, what bills, uh, you got one or two bills that you could share with us that you're running here, here at the end, get over the finish yeah. line? Yeah. Um, so one bill that I'll present tomorrow to a Senate committee, it's been there waiting for two weeks, is House Bill 130, Driver License Test Amendments. Currently, Utah is one of three states that does not offer any translation of the driver license test for immigrants. We offer translation for refugees through certified translators. 
the Division of Driver's License has found that they can offer through um, a technology platform for only a, a one-time cost of $50,000, as many translations as they would like to do. And this is supported by the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce because our society is so diverse. We are the second fastest growing state in the number of people who speak other languages in their home other than English. And to not provide those translations is a is not helpful to our businesses that need more workers or to those individuals who are trying to move forward. Mm -hmm. So this was passed unanimous in committee and on the house floor. Good stuff. And there is another, there's another bill, the Senate bill 216, which is similar. So it will be interesting to see what happens. This is a priority for our governor. Representative Berkland, you have, uh, uh, other than uh, the bills we've already talked about, any, any other bills that you're running to the yeah. end of the, across the finish line. So I'm hoping I've got a bill, it's use of force revisions. Um, it, it actually has gotten support from law enforcement and also groups um, like Black Lives Matter, Utah, where it takes, it gives law enforcement, it gives, once law enforcement has completed their investigation on a criminal charge of use of force, excessive use of force, it gives the county attorney or DA's office 180 days to review that information and, and come up with a, um, a judgment, I guess you'd say, for that, if it takes longer, they need to put it out there. So really it just kind of tightens up the process on use of force investigations so that justice can be served. And that's justice for the victim's family if it was a wrongful use of force, but also for the police officer when a lot of times they find that the officer's um, force was, was necessary for that situation and it just clears their name. Uh, another one I have is the school SOEP funding. It provides uh, funding opportunities for small school districts, rural school districts, is which is what I, pretty much all cover um, so that they can get those advanced curriculum classes, whether it's calculus or those types of things where, you know, they don't have a lot of people in the community to pull from to come in and teach some of these harder classes, more advanced classes. And so it allows them to go on and use the SOEP programs um, to offer those same great classroom opportunities to their students. Jump in for a second. I, you know, Black Lives Matter Utah got a new executive director last August named Ray Duckworth. And I think from my perspective, I think they've added um, a really valuable voice this session. Um, she's testified in several of uh, my Senate Judiciary Committee meetings, and um, I was somewhat critical um, last session of Black Lives Matter. They, they, had, they were under different leadership back then because they kind of came up and, in my opinion, were kind of uh, swinging elbows at, at legislators and, and really didn't get a lot accomplished. But I just want to give credit where credit's due, because I, I do think that the legislative process is best served when we have a variety of voices with different interests. And um, I, I think that uh, Ray, Ray Duckworth is, is providing that. Uh, we also have the NAACP and other voices, of course, but I, I just want to give credit where credit's due. I think uh, she's really upped their game in the legislature this year. Good stuff. Any other bills, Todd, that you're finishing? You up? know, I, I run on so many bills. I usually don't talk about my own bills, but I'm going to tell you the, the, the flip side. I had a bill that I was really passionate about. Uh, it was brought to me by a constituent because, um, you know, if, a, if your teenage kid gets in trouble right now and you show up at juvenile court, they actually ask the parents to disclose their income 
uh, to decide what the fine should be uh, in certain circumstances. And I think that's offensive to me. Um, and it's almost like a shakedown. And so you could have two best friends who do the same crime together or accuse it of the same crime. And one of their fines might be double or triple than the other one, just because their parents earn more or earn less. Mm. So I had a bill to address that. It did some more things and it passed the Senate unanimously and it ran into a uh, brick wall with the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, one of the members there didn't like the bill and uh, it's dead now. And so that, that's kind of the bicameral process. And that happens on both sides. It's easier for the House to kill a Senate bill and it's easier for the Senate to kill a House bill because <laughs> we don't sit together and have lunch together and things like that. But, you know, I'm going to bring that issue to interim and hopefully come back next year with a better bill. So, you know, we like to talk about all of our successes. It's kind of like a gambler. They always tell you how much they won. They never tell you how much they lost, but you know, the, the, you know, you, you can put a lot of um, heart and you can put your heart and soul into an issue and, and, and have it derailed. And so I just, I'm just going to focus on that one. That was Senate bill 120. Good stuff. All right. Well, good luck here at the end. Thanks so much for joining us. It's a good show. And I think, I feel like I learned a lot. Well, I think uh, we'll be on the floor probably till close to midnight on Friday night. And um, uh, there's still a lot of big decisions to be made. So it's, it's going to be fun to see where things land. And, and Gay, I hope we get some more funding for that after all day kindergarten. Let me just say, let me just end with this, uh, Corey. You know, no one's going to force your kid into all day kindergarten. So it's really there. It's designed as an option. So, you know, if, if, if you're a two parent family and one of the parents is staying home all day with the kids and reading books to them every night, that may, all day kindergarten may not be the best option for them. But, you know, if you're a single working mother and you're, you know, and you're paying daycare, all day kindergarten can be a godsend. And so I just don't want any of our listeners to think that this is going to be forced on anybody because that's not the intent of the bill. Representative Benyon, any last thoughts? I'll just tell you one quick bill that we heard this last week is House Bill 392 expungement fee amendments by Representative Dunnigan. And it is wonderful. It's part of the clear slate pro um, process where people can have their um, past expunged when they've done everything correctly. And then through this, they don't have to pay a fee and they can start their life quicker. And that will help them and our society. Excellent. Representative Berkland, any last thoughts? Just that this last week is where I feel like they say it's a, it's a week, but I feel like you get like half this <laughs> work, work done during this time. I mean, you know, the first couple of weeks, you don't, you don't necessarily have as many meetings, not many, as many bills that you have to be um, voting on. And then this last week, it is you are making thing, concessions on bills. You're trying to change things. You're trying to fix things. You're trying to better things. Um, and then sometimes you just have to end up dropping things because they don't work out. And so it's, it is an interesting process. I think it's hard for, for a lot of the, the voters at home when they try to watch the process, they feel like there's not great transparency. And that's unfortunate. Uh, I hope people stay engaged and, and you know make it up to the Capitol this year. They can be up there. They can watch and, and be a part of this as much as possible so that they feel more confident in the in the process because it is a really great process that Utah has figured out and I'm proud of it. I agree. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. Well, thanks, thanks so much Corey. for joining us. Yeah. Have a great, we'll, we'll see you next week, Corey. Yep. Good luck. Thank thanks. you. Bye-bye.